This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Steve Martin, Jason Chapman, John Merck, Ryan Mayer, Scott Randall, and all of our Patreon supporters and listeners just like you. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. There is no way in hell a runner in the eastern United States could set the record for most amount of vertical gain in 30 days. That's what runners out west said. That's what everybody said. There is this thing called the Max Vert October Challenge. Your goal is to get as much vertical gain as you possibly can in the month of October. The winner set a world record this year. 500,635 feet of vertical gain in 31 days, 933 miles. And I will tell you, this runner did not do it out west in Utah or Colorado. The runner who set the record did this in North Carolina. Now, Reed Woolsey was born and raised in Utah, but he recently moved to North Carolina. And he was one of those runners years ago that said there is no way runners on the east can compete with runners on the west when it comes to the Max Vert October Challenge. But he set a big goal, and he wanted to do that big goal in his new home of North Carolina. We have a great chat about setting that goal, the differences between running out west and running out east, what he learned about himself, because here's the thing. He was running 30 to 40 miles a day. That's all he did all day, every day for 30 days up and down the same hill for 30 days. A lot of mental toughness, a lot of physical toughness, a lot of up and down. When we talk to the new world record holder, 500,635 feet of vertical gain in a month, we talked to Reed Woolsey on this episode of The Adventure Jogger. Well, Reed, I think it's probably an understatement to say you had probably the most epic October of any ultra runner in the United States. <laughs> yeah, it was epic for sure. It was full of a lot of challenges and had a lot of obstacles to overcome and yeah, it was a, it was a wild, wild October. It well, was more than I originally thought I was going to end for. <laughs> well, the number is staggering. Let's just talk about that for a second here. I mean, 500,635 feet of vertical gain in the month mm -hmm. of October. That's a world record. That beat the previous record by over 100,000 feet. You ran 933 miles in the month yeah. of October, I mean, <laughs> your Strava right now is probably uh, the best Strava account in all of ultra running. 
yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty wild. Yeah, I started probably with like 15 followers and not so, uh, super into like uh, like social media and stuff. But it was wild just to start seeing those numbers and see all the people starting to follow and cheering me on. It was wild. Yeah, it was really cool. Well, Reed, before we get into this epic feat, yeah. which I want people to know that. I mean, this was a 24-hour-a-day-for-30-day endeavor for you. This was living by yeah, the this trails. Was living, yeah, this yeah, was I, your entire life. There was no escaping this vertical challenge. I want to know why you decided to do this, what it was like day-to-day, and all that stuff. But before we get to that, mm-hmm. I kind of want to know the Reed Woolsey story. Um, before you decided to be the vert king of the world... Well, give us kind of your your running story, Reed. Yeah, my running story. Um, so I really got into trail running. It was about it was 2018. Um, mm-hmm. I dabbled a little bit into like road running a little bit in my early 20s, but it was just like I did a few 5Ks. I did one marathon, uh, but kind of like didn't get super deep into it. Like running on the road, I kept on developing certain injuries, and so I just kind of like stopped running and um really got into like rock climbing for a while um but um in 2018 started uh like dealing with like mental illness and like struggling and um like got into trail running with my buddy and like having a friend to go out out in nature and just hit the trails every day is got addicted to and it helped with my mental health and helped me keep going and having a friend that just always wanted to go out we were always outside always on the trail always pushing each other and yeah we just like every weekend or after work we we're just meeting up on the trail and just yeah we we're just getting after it and we had similar goals and we just kept on pushing each other it was really good to have a partner to yeah just keep on being outside and hitting the trails and do races with and it was like a slow progression from 2018 and then um yeah just been getting after it so you originally you're from utah originally right yeah i'm originally yeah, from ogden utah um and so i did yeah like everything out there was nice and steep we had plenty of mountains just uh me and my buddy robert davis would just we just go hit all the peaks that we could try to do all the connections we were going out rainstorm blizzards and yeah just always having epic adventures always just love uh, being out in nature and seeing the challenges that come and seeing if we can overcome them now spoiler alert everybody reed did not set this record, this world record for vertical gain in the month of October in Utah, where they have those high mountains that everybody out West loves to brag about. You at one point <laughs> moved to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I moved to North Carolina about a year and a half ago. Um, my partner came out to help out with her father and ended up getting a job out here. And um, we ended up moving to Asheville, found a home and we, while I was still in Utah, she came out and uh, we were looking at different properties and we found her house and said, go for it. And then I made the move out here. And yeah, it has been a huge difference in like the, the types of trails and everything. But oh, I love the trail system out here and like the technicality and um, is thousands and thousands of miles of disconnect. It's unreal. And just be able to run and run and run. Well, Reed, you have to just back up just for a second. You're, oh yeah you're a born and raised you're an ogden utah boy you're used to those big <laughs> mountains you're used to the ways of the beautiful west and all this mm-hmm. all of a sudden now this utah boy is dra- is is dropped in the middle of appalachia 
Was there mm-hmm. was there some culture shock? What were your thoughts? Oh, yeah, to, huge to culture shock. <laughs> well, it was like um, out in like out west. Any trail you're on, you're gonna see more than 20 people on the trail a day. And um, coming out here, I was spending like 15 hours a day and maybe see one person on the trail. Um, just depending on where I was at, it was it was an yeah, it was an like amazing experience just to be feel like completely like alone in nature and just being able to move freely and not have any distractions mm-hmm. like on the trail like it was wild and also just to have like the access of water everywhere and so not having to carry lots of water and being able to filter at every so many miles it just makes it so that i can just go out and spend so much more time out in nature it's it's amazing yeah i love it people wise reed and this is nothing yeah. against the folks of utah i have family out in utah oh. They're wonderful mm-hmm. people, but there's a different type of friendly out mm. west than there is in the American South. People are genuinely just wonderful, friendly, genuine. It's a different type of interaction oh. that you'll have with strangers in the South. Oh, yeah, very much so. Like when I first moved out here, I was just like, I'll go to a gas station. Some guy would just come talk to me and like give me his life story and ask me my life story. And I'm like, Oh, Wes, it doesn't happen. It's just so everybody's just on their mission, moving on through life. And yeah, everybody's so friendly out here and just, yeah, just making connections with random strangers that's on the trail or just at a gas station, grocery store. It's, yeah, everybody's so friendly. It's a, it was completely different. And like, yeah, just getting to the point where I can open up with the strangers just talking about life and what's going on and just sharing the views, even though they don't know what mine are. Just, yeah, it's being open. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Do you remember the first moment in your life when you're like, you found yourself talking to a complete stranger and being very nice and warm to a complete stranger yeah like uh definitely coming out here it just made it easy just yeah um it was this gas station this big old like guy coming out of his like uh dump truck and he saw that i was driving a truck and saw my utah place and started talking to me we just started talking about old work that i used to do excavation back in the day and he was like well, offered me a job on the spot i'm like oh i'm good but yeah thanks appreciate it anyways <laughs> I, I talked about this with anton kaprichka when i had him on a couple episodes uh, ago because he was spending time in boone have you have you experienced any of the great southern delicacies yet food wise uh, like boiled peanuts um let's see uh yeah like the barbecue out here yes is amazing uh-huh. i love it <laughs> and then um pimento cheese mm-hmm. like my first time having that was out here um i ended up putting those on my morning breakfast burritos with bacon and fat and all that good stuff it was oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you had the moon pie yet have you had a moon pie reed i haven't had a moon pie yet i'm gonna have to have a moon pie <laughs> all right that's kind of that's your quest that is your yeah, quest yeah. Reed, to, to have a to have a moon pie before too long so you get accustomed to running in the the southern united states in the appalachian mm-hmm. mountains um different than utah of course but mm-hmm. you're here and you're running and you're enjoying these new mountains what were your impressions uh of of your new surroundings trail wise Trail was, I was, um, just like the technicality of like most of the trails is how many roots and rocks and like how aware if you're, when you're running out here, you have to be just like with your feet. It's like keeping like the focus. And 
I love like holding focus for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something like, yeah, I love that flow state of being in there. And so I really love like the technicality of just being able to focus on that. And by doing that, I'm able to take in like, I'm also able to like take in so much of like my surroundings and time. I've can't even count like the amount of bears and like wildlife I've seen just by being able to move fast and like quiet through the forest. It's yeah, it's, it's wild time. much wildlife that I've like seen out here and, yeah, it's pretty great. It is. You're, you're right. There is a connection to your surroundings because you really can't zone out because if you zone out for too long, you'll land on your face just because of face, the technicality. Yeah. The one downside, I think, though, and I think we all can agree, is mm-hmm. a lot of times when you're running in the mountains out east, and especially you know down south out east, is you're mm-hmm. stuck in the green tunnel for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Like out in Utah and out west, like you're going out, you have expanse, you get views, you're like taking everything in and then running out here, it's been very um introverted, like looking inward with me, um, and, like processing a lot of thoughts, um and emotions and it kind of brings it inward. I've always like when I tell my friends about like the mountains out here, I'm like, out west is real expansive, big and wide and out here it's more like a hug. It's like holding you and like yeah, that's the way I kind of like tell my friends about how it is out here. I love that. Reed, that is, you've just perfectly summed up what it's like running through the big green tunnel. It's, it's, it is a hug. It's not expansive. It's, you're being hugged by your surroundings. Surroundings. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's the quote of the podcast. We can wrap it up now, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Reed, you're getting accustomed to your new surroundings. You're a Southern boy now. You're living at, uh, in Asheville, North Carolina. When did yeah, I say y'all now? Do, have you said? Have you said y'all? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I use it all the time now. Yeah, I picked that up pretty fast. It's a great word, isn't it? It, 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 it covers yeah. a lot of bases. <laughs> It covers a lot of bases. Everybody's included. Yeah, don't worry about offending anybody. It's great. Yeah, no, you're right. No one's offended by y'all. You're not going to hear yep. that at all. <laughs> so, speaking of y'all, when when's y'all f- uh, find out about the the Max Vert October Challenge? Yeah, so I found out about it um, in 2018 because I signed up for Cirque Series races. I got canceled due uh, due to COVID, mm-hmm. and then um, so me and my buddy Robert we signed up for the first year in um, 2020. And how many? How, how, yeah, how, how did the first? How did 2020 go for you? Oh, 20. Yeah, it was just like a. It went pretty good. So I was working full time at the time. Um, and so I was going, I was going out getting elevation before work. So I was like waking up at three and I can't the trail at four and then running until I had to, had enough time to run home and change and go work construction, get off around. My boss was going to get off a little early that day, that month. And so yeah. I was getting off at three and then I would go up on the trail. And so I was mostly doing the same peak out there. I was doing Malins. Um, and I think throughout the entire month I got, uh, I was a hundred and let's see, it was, 138,671 feet and 326 miles. And so I wasn't nearly able to put him up as much time in it. And it really like kicked my ass just running and trying to work all day and going at night. And, um, it was a challenge, but, um, it was fun. Cause I was able to do a, that time. I was able to do a lot of my running with my good friend, Robert and, yeah. uh, 
it's always good to have somebody to suffer with. Oh, you know, for sure. Suffering a little bit easier. <laughs> right. But, but why? Why did you want to... What was it about the Max Vert October Challenge that made you go like, I need to make my life really difficult for 30 days? Days. <laughs> I just... Uh, I really wanted to see what I was capable of. And like the first year um, doing it, I was like, I was able to go before work and after work. I was putting a lot of hours and I was working all day, staying on my feet. And um, I really wanted to do it the second year, but I, I just recently moved out here to North Carolina. Um, I wasn't quite settled enough. And I really like didn't think it would be, I'd be able to like compete with everybody just because I didn't didn't find like the steeper trails out here yeah, and that kind of stuff. Um, so that year I just watched my buddy Robert compete and watched that yeah, Chris Fisher like set the world record that year. And I was like, and just like seeing him just taking the whole entire month off and just going, I was like, I'm going to do that next year. And, um, started like, yeah, it's kind of like mentally like training, like everything I did was just like had elevation in it. And I was just training. Yeah. I was just running a lot. Yeah, like that's running elevation, going up and down, just doing finding all the trails that I could that's had the most elevation out here. But you had to know it's a, you were at a disadvantage because with the Appalachian oh. Mountains being older mountains, they're they're worn down. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not as high. They're not as steep. You're at a, at, yeah. a, at a real disadvantage compared to your buddies out west. Oh yeah, like big disadvantage. Um, just like if with the amount of time that I, that they need to put in compared to like what I need to put in, I was like doing the math. and was like, Oh, I'm going to be doing more than like 30 miles a day. But, um, cause yeah, when I like decided I was going to do it and I was like, I didn't want to just go for Chris Fisher's like record. I'm like, I'm going to go big. I'm going to like, I'm going for 500,000. I'm like, and then, so yeah, I just kind of like started training for it because I have some other like big goals in like my future that include a lot of miles and, but not nearly as much elevation. And so, yeah, it was like a challenge to me. Like if I can complete this, um, I'm going to be like in good shape for completing my other goals that I have in the future. Yeah. I'd say you're in pretty damn good shape at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reed, I, I don't think you have to worry about the run in the local 5k. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was at a complete disadvantage. And so, um, yeah, I was just training for miles. I was just, yeah. Seeing what I could do with it. So when did you decide at what point in 2022, did you make that goal of over 500,000 feet of gain in a month? So I've, I've thought about it. Um, let's see. It was, I think it was in February, like early on in the year after I did a 24 hour race out in Utah, um, called uh, run up for air. It's called Rufa and he's running up and down mainlands for 24. And, um, after I did that, I did, um, I was like, 27,000 feet of elevation in 24 hours and close to 80 miles in that 24 hour. And then the next day I was like, fine. I was able to just keep moving. And and so I was like, huh, I think 500,000 would be good. It's just the thought that I had. I never really verbalized it to anybody. I I didn't drop the bomb that I was going to do it until, um, when was that? When I told my partner that I was doing it and some friends and it was kind of a shock. It was, yeah what was the reaction when you told your partner you're like hey listen 
Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be around much in October because I'm, I'm shooting for <laughs> 500,000 feet of vertical gain in the month. And that means pretty much you're never going to see me. Yeah. Um, it was, she was like, I think it's taken back, but I don't think, yeah, she really knew exactly what that meant. Um, at the time, cause this is the, uh, this is the first time that we've really been like living together when I was doing something really hard. And so she, like, she didn't have any idea, like the type of support that I would be needing and didn't really have enough time to like, kind of like brief her and like what was going on. But, um, I couldn't have done it without my partner, Alana, like, um, she really stepped up and made sure I had the things I needed to get through. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah, like doing these, yeah, doing these huge pushes and stuff. Yeah. Very dependent on like the support, like my partner, she, the first couple of weeks, she was just making sure that getting food and dropping it off to me. And then it got to the point where I needed more support. And then my parents were able to fly out and help give me like day to day support, like on the trail while she was grabbing supplies and doing all sorts of, yeah, running around the background. Like, yeah, it's, it was a huge undertaking. Boy, you know, you know, she is, she is all in. If oh, she's yeah. going to put up with that <laughs> shit, if she's going to be like, you know what, I'm going to bring him food for 30 days while he lives out in the woods, you know she yeah. loves you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, yeah, to put up in the minds, like the headspace that I was in, just pushing. Yeah. It was like, yeah, she put up with a lot and I'm very, very grateful for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah don't, she don't, loved a lot. <laughs> we, we, we don't blow it for Christmas. You cannot blow Christmas yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You owe that poor yeah, woman. <laughs> yep, I do. <laughs> so what did your friends out west think when you finally verbalized to them? Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to do this out in Utah. I'm going to stay in North Carolina and oh. I'm going to shoot for five hundred thousand feet of vertical gain in the month of October. What was their response? I um they were like, they were all like, yeah, you can do it. I think some of them were like, I don't know if you can. Cause I remember when the first year happened, there was quite a, there was a lot more people competing out East and the guys out West were kind of say, Oh, they won't be able to place. It's all the mountains aren't big enough out there. And, uh, like hearing that kind of banter with like some of the local runners out West and just knowing that I was like, I want to prove these guys wrong when I'm out here. I'm like, it's possible. Like I know of, yeah, this, all the runners setting FKTs on the acrobation and PCT. And I'm like, I know big miles are like possible. It was just like combining that with a shit ton of elevation. Yeah. Was it, but was it, was it wanting to prove them wrong or were you wanting to make amends because you said the same thing when you were running at the first time around? I, mean, I was, yeah, I said it the first time around. I was like, yeah, they can't do it. And then, so it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, I was definitely on that banter for sure. That's called karma folks. You know, poor Reed is over yeah. in Utah and he's going, ah, those guys out west, out east, they don't have the mountains for this shit. This is, why are they even trying? And there you are uh, two years later. Sitting in the mountains out east, shooting for the record. Yep. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I, like, figured out it was possible after I did. Um, it was uh, Run Bums called Quest for the Quest. Yeah. And it goes yeah. up this trail, um, the Woody Ridge Trail. And that's where I started the, my first week. And that's what I was planning on doing all my elevation because it's 3,000 feet of elevation and two and a half miles of climbing. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is a good one. Uh, um but I had some obstacles come up to where I had to like change, change it up. And yeah, that was part of the whole challenge. So you wanted to do it there. Where did you end up setting up camp 
and making your daily route? Yeah. Um, so the, so the first week I was there, that's where I had my truck camper and I was just doing laps up there. And then I ended up moving over to big Ivy, um, and then doing a section called stair branch. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing the, I was doing the upper mile section of it. And I came maybe about a thousand feet of climbing and that one mile up. And so it was a two mile round trip. And, um, when I moved there, that's what I was yeah, I was doing that mile, this mile up and the mile down, and I was getting close to about 40 miles a day once I kind of recovered from my knee injury from moving there. And one of the reasons I moved there is because there was cold water access and like the the creeks and like the river out there. And so I was able to soak my leg and it really helped with like the inflammation and pain that I had going on from the fall I took out um, in Woody Ridge. So how many, so, so let's just start from the beginning. So how many days were you going up and down woody ridge so woody ridge oh let me pull this up real quick so it makes it have it all printed out and so from the first of october to the eighth i was at woody ridge um and then so on day seven uh it was so actually on day six i actually got food poisoning i woke up at three o'clock that morning and was just shitting my brains out and um just (laughs) yeah like it was a bad day i was and i just still would like just got out um and kept going and that day i got sixteen thousand nine hundred sixteen feet of elevation and about 25 miles um and it took me until about like 2 p.m until a point where like food was staying in me and like i was like not sweating profusely my like sweating stopped and i like started like feeling recovering was actually able to like finish the day out and then um, the next day I get up to about like 10,000 feet and then as I was coming down, there's like this little, I go down this little, uh, goalie and then I would, there's this tree that was laying down and I'd step up on it to get on this boulder and the tree broke after like using it like 40 different times. And then I fell right on my knee and it hurt really bad and made my way down the mountain and was only able to do, um, another lap after that before my knee started hurting. So I decided to call it and then ice it. And so I just iced the whole night. And and then when I woke up the next morning, my knee was just like swollen like a balloon. It hurt real bad. And yeah, I just, uh, and then I was like, I tried to go up just to see if I could get it to loosen up while I was going. And I only got about 1200 feet that day. And then my leg completely like locked up. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to keep on going. I'm just going to, head back down so i don't have to have like a rescue come up here because right. that trail is gnarly yeah take hours for the for like a rescue to come and like get you out and so i was like i'm gonna come down didn't have any support and so went down to my camper and called a lot i'm like well i'm coming home i'm hurt right now and so i drove home and just started icing and heating and like moving it and eventually the swelling went down that later that later that day and um <laughs> while I was sitting there, I was like trying to come up with a plan. Like, do I just call it? Cause I was in first place at the time. Um, yeah. that like the active leaderboarding, you see everything that's going on. And yeah, I just, uh, came up with a plan to move to this trail. That's closer to me in big Ivy. It's about a 15 minute drive. And I know they had water. I love doing cold plunges out there. I'll yeah. go out there and go do like do a run. And then afterwards just do a cold plunge. And it always helps with my joints. And, I just came up with that idea to go out there. So the next day I went out there and after every like 3000 feet, I would just do a cold plunge. It would help with the pain and just made it so I could keep on going, but I was moving really slow 
Well, but Reed, just was... yeah, just just pause for. I'm sorry, dude. I just pause for yeah. a second because we're we're, good. we're 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 skipping a lot of things here. Oh you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're you're going up and down Woody Ridge for eight straight days. The same trail up, the same trail down. Mm-hmm. You're doing thirty miles a day, more mm-hmm. or, or more of up the same trail, down the same mm-hmm. trail. It is all day. Then you get into your truck. You go to sleep, you wake up in the morning, <laughs> you eat, and then it's all day up, all day down. The same yeah. thing for eight straight days. How did you yeah. how did you manage mentally to do that? But at Wooden Bridge, it was it was easier. Um, because there's lookouts. There's like about three lookouts on it. And so I always enjoy like getting to see those views up there. Um, and so that was like the, that was like the, the perk with that trail. It's like, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to get this, like this lookout and see what it looks like at this time of day. It's like a beautiful, beautiful views when you're up on top and just see the clouds rolling with the rolling. Yeah. The blue Ridge, it's just breathtaking. It's like worth every foot, like get up there and see that view. How did you not get bored? What did you do? What games did you play to keep your mind from going like, this is stupid. Yeah, I have like lots of music. I had friends sending me so much music and uh, listen to books a little bit. And and honestly, I would, there's a lot of times I would just like not have any music and just really just love just looking at the trail and like memorizing the trail too. And um, like doing the same thing over, I would just like get to the, it's almost like rock. I like think of it as like rock climbing, finding like the most efficient route like up the mountain and just like, getting it to the point where it's just a flow and I can get to the point where my body's just, I can just like flow up and flow down the mountain and knowing like which ways to go down certain like sketchy sections and just doing it the most, like really focusing on like the most efficient way to move my body with the least amount of impact. And like, that's like stuff that I think about. It's like, while I'm like running just to moving the most efficient way that I can. So read you bang up your knee. You can't move it. Yeah. You go home. Yeah. <laughs> was the thought mm-hmm. at that point like I'm done and and th- this is over? Or was there always this desire to let's just ice it and heat it and let's see where it goes from there? Like it was a little bit of both. I had yeah, it was like two like split sides. Like one part of me was like, Oh, you're done. Like this is like you're over and like then my other part of me is like just wait, just give it some time. Like I've had, I've come back some, from some like serious dehydration and some like heat stroke and it's like other injuries and like ultras that I've done. And so I'm like, I know like the body's like very resilient and like can snap back from certain things. And I've read so many accounts of different ultra runners, like being able to push through and things like working out. So I had like the hope there, but I didn't know like what my body was going to do. And so I just kept on like, kept on like moving towards my goal mm-hmm. but i didn't know what the outcome was going to be i just kept on moving in that direction i was just going to do anything that i could to like make sure that i achieved my goal i was very driven to like i really wanted it but i did have like that i did have that self-doubt that would pop up but my uh, drive was definitely more than the doubt for sure so did you take any zero days after the the knee injury or was it just Dice no, my lo- my lowest day was like that day I did 1,200 feet elevation, so I didn't do any, didn't have any days that were zero. Okay, so 
was the move to the next trail after Woody Ridge. Was mm-hmm. was that kind of a mental break for you because you you had something new to look forward to, or you were you missing the the Woody Ridge Trail? Oh, I was missing the Woody Ridge Trail. I was because I knew going there I was going to be doing close to like forty miles a day, and by doing that, I didn't have time to like make my sandwiches or doing any cooking or do any prep um, that I needed. It took all my time, and so that's when I became really dependent on like my partner alana that's when like i was like i really need more and then it was becoming a little too much and then i was reached out to my parents and they were like yeah we'll come out and help you my mom flew out and like two days later and then my dad flew out like four days after that and then i had like a full-on support crew just helping me out with whatever i needed just to make sure i was able to like achieve my goal and um, Reed, I need to ask. This is, and you you can refuse to answer this question if you want. Oh to. no, yeah. Um, are you an only child? Oh no, I have a <laughs> have two brothers and two sisters. I'm oh, the second wow. oldest. Holy crap! Because I gotta tell you, yeah. as a parent of three, if one of my kids was like, you know what, I need you to fly out across the country to to bring me food while I run up and down a hill for 30 days, I'd be like, oh man, I can't get out of work. They just won't. Let me. <laughs> we are just swamped. We are crazy. Oh man, I'm sorry. I can't help you. Your parents were like, yeah, we're going to help our boy. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I am very blessed with the most like gracious parents and they've supported me through all my sports like from when I was like eight years old, I've had like, my mom was a, I did wrestling when I was a younger kid all the way through high school. And so I had a wrestler mom. And so she took me all my meets and made sure I had like the best coaches and like, yes. Yeah. We've always had like a great support team. They've always supported me and like my endeavors of just like pushing myself and yeah, seeing what I'm capable of. There is no dedication sport parent wise than wrestling parents. Cross country parents have oh. easy. Cross country parents have it easy. It is going to be thirty minutes tops, and you you, yeah. you may be able to run from one part of the of the course to another, so you get a little bit of workout. But thirty minutes, you're done. Wrestling parents, yeah. you are you are on the most uncomfortable bleachers ever manufactured for <laughs> yep. eight to twelve hours at a time to see your child wrestle for maybe a grand total of five minutes. Yeah, yeah. The- always had their support and they've yeah so like they've dedicated so many yeah weekends of their lives just to yeah be there for me while i yeah wrestled throughout my adolescence it was amazing and yeah it's still support me to this day and like all those endeavors yeah i'm well, very grateful <laughs> again pressure don't fuck up christmas for them too yeah nope yep yeah i gotta <laughs> you gotta step it up Reed. <laughs> yeah i i gotta, I gotta put together some big gift baskets coming up <laughs> all right day spas and yes yes if you get them a pair of socks shame on you Reed. <laughs> yep yeah but they're Belega socks. They're expensive. Um, <laughs> so, Reed, here you are. You're working your way through the month. You've switched trails, but that's going to require you to run all day and then sleep, get up and do it again. At what point in October was the goal looking like it could be a reality? 
Um, so I would say when, after like my right knee got better, it was right around mid month, right around like the 15th, I would say, um, like the 16th, I woke up and I like called my dad. I'm like, what is my daily, what do I daily need to do to get to 500? Still want to do this. Yeah. And he, he told me it was like it was 16,000, like 700. And I said, all right, I'm doing 17 a day and see what I can do. And then, uh, this made that choice. I'm like, I'm doing 17 a day. And I was doing 17,000 feet a day and about 40 miles a day. And until the leaves started falling off the trees. Wow. How was your body reacting to that, 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 that monumental task you were putting on it every single day? I was really, I was very surprised with like the resilience of like my muscles. I would have certain like overuse problems come up, but typically about like after like three days of just like working through it and like using KT tape, massaging and like icing, like it would like go away. And I was really like surprised by it. I was like, this is amazing. And so I just was able to keep on going and um, yeah. And like moving to, and like moving to like the, not as steep, but increasing the miles, I was my the impact was not nearly as much. And so I, what I was kind of like telling people is like thinking about the guys doing like the big elevation in short times, so they're like moving these big waves, like powerlifting all day and then like being done. And I was more so like picking up the pebble and like moving it until I got all my weight. And so it was a lot more, a lot less impact on the body, um, but just took a lot more time. Mm-hmm. How did you train? leading up as like what kind of miles were you putting in weekly and vert weekly to train for this and so i was um so about a month before i did a three-week like stint to where i was doing a right around like ten thousand feet of elevation a day and i was doing about 25 to 30 miles a day mm-hmm. i was running before work i was going doing my construction and then i was going after work and that's when alana got a little taste of the, how I was going to be um, yeah. for the time. <laughs> and so that's about like the training I do. Um, I don't think there's any amount of training that you can possibly do to push yourself that much just because you're going to develop overuse injuries and you're going to have to work through those. And yeah, I just don't know if it's possible to do that much and not have something pop up. And yeah, I've never had like 30 days in my life to where something doesn't happen. Right. Where you have the you have the overuse injuries. You talked about the knee problems you were facing yeah. this month of yeah, vert. Had, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I had my knee locked up, and then because uh, I was overcompensating, it led to my left leg kind of creating all sorts of different problems. Mentally, what was your lowest point mm-hmm. of the month? Mentally, the lowest point of oh. Let's see. That was, it was the first week that I, when I went to big Ivy, um, just the pain that I was like working through. So like the week that was probably like the 10th or like the 15th, that was the hardest time. That's when I increased my miles. I was out all day. Um, I really, I would go like days without seeing a person. Um, and so I was getting really lonely. I was in a lot of pain. Um, me and my partner were like arguing a little bit 
and just like not having that peace i was really struggling like mentally and like the mental part was the harder part than just like the physical pain because it was i couldn't get away from it how did you how'd you conquer it it's there with you it it, it wasn't going to go anywhere like um yeah uh the way like a lot of my partner just knew how hard like i was like struggling i felt so alone and like um she reached out to people and like let them know where i was at and i just started reading like getting an outpour from my friends and like family and like support and this and like whenever i get up close to the top of the runs like the only place i had service i'd start getting messages of from my friends and family just like sending love and um i just felt like just receiving all that love and support it felt like kind of like tinkerbell when everybody started believing it's like came back to life and it gave me energy and like gave me hope and it snapped me out of that negative headspace i can imagine the loneliness the pain as the month progresses the days probably turn probably blend into each other and as you look back oh, at, was, yeah. yeah groundhog day oh yeah you look back <laughs> at those 30 days and you're probably not sure did this happen on day, what day or whatever but at some point yeah. you saw the light at the end of the green tunnel you saw the finish line as you were rounding mm-hmm. out that month when did you start to smell the barn cuz like in a 100 mile ultra you know you're 90 miles in you're smelling the barn it's going to happen you've got plenty of time <laughs> left the finish line's in sight when you're doing something like this when did you start seeing the finish line when did you start smelling the barn i think it was um I think it, what day was that? It was the day that I like. I got to the world record. Um, I believe that was the twenty. Was the twenty fifth mm-hmm. um, when I got to four hundred thousand feet, and it was on a Tuesday. I had almost a week left. Um, I was like, I got this, and I wasn't really chasing just the world record. I really, I wanted my five hundred thousand foot goal. I wanted to be the first millionaire, first person to do a million feet of change in a month. Yeah. Which is, you know, would be nice. I mean, it'd be nice to win Powerball, but it's not. It's not bad to win that. To be the uh, ver- the, uh, the the game, the 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 feet change millionaire. So it's happening. You've got the world record. Five hundred thousand mm-hmm. is going to happen. We all know how sometimes a finish line can be so anticlimactic. You think it's going to be this great elation, this great celebration, and it's just a guy falling asleep at the finish line (laughs) and your buckle what was it like to finally be done with 30 days of up and down the same damn hill all day every day it was a relief (laughs) for sure um when i got down to the base camp uh and we all like celebrated i didn't have any energy i was just like oh i did a thing I'm like, now I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to sleep in a nice warm was, bed. Yeah. Yeah. I get to sleep in the nice bed instead of just the foam mattress in my camper. And, um, it felt, yeah, it took me a few days to like, before I could actually settle into like what I did. It took, yeah, it took a, it took a little while to, yeah. How did it feel a couple Pretty days cool afterwards? Like I mean, you, cause you, 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 you sleep in a, you get a couple good nights sleep you can't really process something like that the day after, but you get a couple of days of good sleep into you. How, what were your thoughts on the achievement? I was, 
I was just taken back and like what I was capable of and what I would push through. I was, I was very pleased with like my performance and like mm-hmm. all the love. I was just really taken in with that much support and like love and that I received from my f- like friends and family. I was, yeah, it was so very touched just by, yeah. So much like love that I received from everybody. An epic monumental achievement read, but I got to ask you, yeah. why? Why did you want to do this? I want to, yeah, I want to see what I was capable of. Um, I know that, like, I want to, like, push what's physically possible, like the sports of ultra running. I think there's always room for improvement, and I want to inspire people to push their limits as, like, far as they can. Like, that's how I've been able to, like, find myself and, like, who I am as a person is by pushing my limits and, seeing what I'm capable of and I really want people to yeah to do that and help find like it's a way that I've been able to find myself it's the way I've been able to heal and and just yeah discover who I am as a person what did you learn about yourself in those 30 days what what were those lessons about Reed Woolsey that you didn't know those things that you learned about yourself that maybe surprised you maybe didn't but looking back what did you learn about yourself I learned I don't know how to stop <laughs> and uh, I learned I learned that I need that we all need help that I need help and that we all need help and it's okay to receive help and uh, learning how to ask for help um, was something that I really learned from like this adventure um, and I learned that anything's possible if you can really put your mind to it and truly believe that you're capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it is so hard, Reed, to ask for help because, especially as men, we're we're taught like, "Oh, we can do it all by ourselves. You don't. We don't need any help." It's hard to ask for help, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's a hard thing, and that's something that I'm continuing learning how to do and forget to do sometimes. But it's good practice to ask for help and yeah, doing these hard things and even easier things in life. I mean, it's nice to have help and being able to ask for it is, it helps out a lot. Well, what an incredible achievement. 500,635 feet of vertical gain in a month. You set the world record. People, all your old buddies out West who are thinking there's no possible way an East Coast runner can do this. You proved them wrong. You proved your earlier self wrong. Uh, You shocked the world on this. I mean, people are talking about what a monumental achievement this is to not just beat the record, but absolutely positively shatter the record. And you kind of have to wonder, Reed, who who did you inspire? Who is going to take up the challenge that you threw down and see how far, how much farther they can go than you. Yeah. I don't know who it is, but I can't wait to cheer him on and give him support. If I can, I want to see somebody else push and beat my record. I think it'll be an amazing accomplishment. And I know there's somebody out there. that definitely can do it and when they do it. I'll be back out there and see if I can get after theirs. Yeah. That's very cool stuff. Reed, you may be the expert on this. Can you give us some tips? Oh, yeah. Can you give us can you give us some advice on how to be, how to how to be a better uphill runner? Yeah, the way that 
I like did it is I really like I did intervals for quite some time just up steep mountains and um and so I did intervals to the point to where I got to the point where I could just run up like a couple thousand feet like at a really good pace and so doing intervals is something that helped me and I always just make sure like every run that I do it just makes sure it's elevation in it and by doing that it's um when I got into like ultra running just by doing the elevation it helped increase my capacity to push farther in miles and so um yeah just i love doing intervals and i always try to do at least like three thousand feet when i go on like a one of my afternoon runs and just putting in the elevation and uh finding something that you can actually run up for me um get to the point where it's not too steep to where you have to hike the whole time but you can have a nice gradual grade to where you can like consistently push it helped yeah. me to be able to push harder. Do you shorten your stride when you're going uphill? Yeah. Um, when I'm going uphill, my stride, uh, it's about, yeah, it's a little, it's about a quarter of like less. Um, I do have to carry good, like really good, like hiking stride when I'm going up steep, but when I'm going up, yeah, it does like go down by, by like, three quarters. Yeah. About three quarters of my stride, I would say. Okay. What about downhill? Because you did plenty of downhill. You did five hundred thousand feet plus of downhill on this. I must have downhill. Yeah. How, yeah. How, how can you be a better downhill runner? And so the way I do, um, it's t- it took me a long time to like figure out my body. Everybody's body is gonna be different. Is this fine? I have this really smooth flow when I'm going down. It's in the very minimal uh, impact. Um, it's like it's like i'm kind of like gliding down the mountain mm-hmm. um and depending on it all depends on like how long i'm going downhill and like um depending on how fast i move um depending on like my runs if it's a race and like other things um but i really like moving so i kind of feel like i'm like skiing down like the downhills when i'm going down um if that if that makes sense no it makes sense did you ski when you were in utah I snowboarded. Um, and so it's like, I've always like enjoyed like the flow of going down the mountains because gravity is working with you a lot less energy, but, um, and so just trying to find the ways to move to where I'm not like really giving too much impact and just being able to flow. And so I love like reading the line as I'm going down and just like following that and finding like the smoothest way to make it down. All right, Reed. We got to know what's next. You're talking about wanting, having some big goals, things you wanted to do. Oh, what do you want to do next? Yeah. Uh, my big goal in the next year or two is uh, FKT on the Appalachian Trail. Um, that's something that's been in my sights for a long time. And I wanted to use the Maxford Challenge to kind of prove that I'm capable of some really hard shit and willing to put in the hours and time and grueling efforts to accomplish that goal. And it's a monumental goal to go after right now. It's a pretty short time. Well, and your girlfriend's got some training. Your partner, you know, she had to deal with you for 30 days. Just has to add 20 <laughs> days on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, after when I told her about that, she was like, oh, I'm not going to support you on that one. You have to find some others. I'm like, I, I respect that. And that'll be all right. <laughs> well, Reed, I'm sure you have a very bright future. And I'm sure somebody, I know mom and dad, you call up mom and dad and say, hey, <laughs> your, your favorite, your favorite uh, son needs some help. 
help me out here. Oh yeah, yeah. I have, uh, yeah, I have lots of friends and family, and that they're all. I have a lot of people on board now that after they've seen what I'm capable of, and so I'm real grateful to be able to have a platform where I can prove what I can do and have all of that, lots of support coming in, and really appreciate it. Well, maybe it's a good break for your girl, for your partner too. Maybe she just needs a little, a little mental break from all the running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only been like a week, and so yeah, there's still a lot of processing for both of us. <laughs> and so yeah, I'm getting ready to. Every morning, I'm going to be giving her a little bit of space and flying out to Utah to go celebrate with friends and yeah, do some do some running out there and yeah, it'll be a good time. Well, you deserve to celebrate, Reed. That was a hell of a performance, man, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Hey, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I think if there's anything we've learned from Reed is to never underestimate yourself and push yourself. You'll be amazed at what your body can do. What an incredible record. What an incredible runner. I have a feeling we are going to be hearing from Reed in the future. And boy, if anybody's got the pace to set a new uh, speed record on the Appalachian Trail... It would be Reed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Adventure Jogger. AdventureJogger.com. Go check out those Adventure Jogger Race Team hoodies or some back episodes while you're there. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search the Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.